Ashley Serrate, you are the media relations manager for the beautiful Florida Keys and Key West. I want to thank you so much for taking the time today to join me on the Fact Up podcast. Of course. Thanks for having me. Well, like you, I spent a lot of time in the Keys as a kid. It all started for me in about 82, 83. The difference, I had to come back to Toronto, uh, quite a different path uh, for you. Explain to us how close to your heart the Florida Keys have been since your childhood. Um, that you might make me a little emotional here. Um, <laughs> no, I genuinely have a love for the destination. And yes, I, I work for the tourism board now, but um, I've been vacationing in the Keys since I was a kid. Several of my family members have homes down there. Um, and I was telling you before we, we started that my mom just recently got married down in Key West. I got married in Key West uh, about 12 years ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, just like that, just like that. Just like that, in the blink of an eye, it's been that long already, and I, I can't even, I can't even believe it. But um, so yeah, it, it's a beautiful place, and I have a special connection to it aside from the work that I do to represent it. So it's this is an easy job for me. This is like encouraging Canadians and encouraging other people to come vacation where I love to vacation. Do you feel like that's where your soul lives? A piece of it, yeah. To be honest, um, and I and I say this and I think everyone that's sort of been there or hasn't been there yet will feel this once they get there. Once you hop in the rental car or in the car and you cross that county line and you're officially in the Florida Keys, you kind of take a deep breath and you just relax. The pace changes, the vibe changes, you change and you're just like, okay, I think I could stay here. And I think that's what happens with the Keys is you visit once and you want to come back again and again. And then for a lot of the people that live there, they came on vacation once, came back a second time, and never left. And that's, that's the Florida Keys. We'll get to you know, the experiences that a first-time visitor to the Keys must have. But I think the question that kind of pops to mind is, what experiences should a third, you know, a second or third-time visitor to the Keys experience that kind of goes beyond the surface of your, of your first-time experiences? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, the first, obviously, if you've been to the Keys once, you're going to come back, um, I think, hopefully. Hopefully, um, yeah. Yeah, but the second or third time, I would encourage folks to connect with the locals. Everyone that lives and works in the Florida Keys is super chatty. Uh, we love where we live and work. Um, and we're happy to tell you our favorite spots in some of our off-the-beaten-path places, Um you know, and that's how, that's how I honestly find out about a lot of great new spots um, and certain places in Key West in particular that are off the beaten path. And, you know, you walk down a neighborhood and you think you're in someone's backyard, but no, it's actually a restaurant. Right. <laughs> um, that's Santiago's Bodega that I'm talking about. Um, it's in a resident, it's kind of in a residential neighborhood and it's in a house. So you don't expect it to be there, but it's arguably one of the best meals you'll ever have in Key West. Um, so by chatting with the locals and getting to know what some of their favorite spots are is honestly the best thing to do on a second or third visit. You know, it, it, there's a lot of places where the locals will just go to their local haunts and really not explore, you know, any more than outside of their kind of their square kind of blockage, uh, you know, and, and they'll kind of stick to what they know. Do yeah. you find that locals in the Keys and Key West kind of um, explore more? giving kind of visitors a, a, a bigger opportunity to explore more local spots that locals have already explored? 
I think so. Yeah, I think, um, you know, and I think it all depends on the region that they're from, like whether they're at least in Key Largo or Isla Morada, they tend to, like, yes, they'll know about Key West and, and, you know, other regions, but they also get really familiar with their own backyard. And so they're able to, if you're chatting with someone, you know, who runs a brewery in Isla Morada, you might find out some great off the beaten path spots in Isla Morada, and you might even find out some stuff about Marathon or Big Pine in the Lower Keys. So yes, they'll tell you their local favorites in their area, but they'll also have some insider tips for other areas in the, in the Keys as well. You know, delicious food, obviously beautiful scenery. Uh, people return for, for, you know, those two reasons among many. But how many, you know, what's the percentage of people that return because of their interactions with the locals? Um, I, be, I don't have an exact percentage, but I would honestly say I think it's upwards, you know, it's close to maybe 100%. I think people that come to the destination really get um, a warm welcome. We love people from out of town. Um, and we love to showcase all the beauty that the Florida Keys have to offer. And I, and I know in chatting with people over this past week while I've been here in Toronto, they've all said the same thing. Oh, I visited and I met so-and-so at this local bar and I, you know, booked a return vacation because I had such a great time chatting with that person and I want to come back and do all the things that they recommended. When you give people an opportunity to be surrounded by animated locals who really bring you in. Um, that experience becomes so much more. Would that be part of the definition of Key's life? It would be. Um, it absolutely would be. And um, it's funny you bring up Key's life. We have a whole section now on our website called Connect with Key's Life. Um, and, and that's aside from the website. If you go in advance, check out the website. Um, and then you can chat with those folks down there when you go. Um, I think getting involved in the local community and it kind of ties in perfectly to one of our benchmarks, which is, you know, we want you to come to the destination, have a great time and leave behind a fingerprint and not a footprint. So we're encouraging our visitors to, you know, participate in sustainable activities, you know, is something as simple as using a metal straw or um, maybe participating in coral refrustration efforts. Um, or connecting with locals and chatting with locals and chatting with people that, you know, are behind the bar or your waiter or your server or, you know, and a lot of the owners of local establishments are there every day. So you could walk into a restaurant and be chatting with the owner and not even know it, uh, which is great because everyone that lives and works down there has a passion for the destination and they all kind of carry that over into their everyday life. Um, and then they just love to share information. I mean, myself included, I'm always talking about the keys, not just because I get paid to do so, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, everyone that I know, uh, a lot of my family and friends will hit me up and ask me for my, my personal favorites. Uh, and I'm happy to share that info because I want everyone to have a good time when they go down there. You know, it's not often where people go and they have an interactive travel experience. Uh, sure. Lie on the beach, have the food, but uh, one face, one mission, it sounds like, right? Where if you're going down there, have a great time. But um, if you are inclined to want to give back and help the sustainability efforts and help preserve the beauty of the Keys and Key West, you're more than welcome to do, though, do so, if not encouraged to do so. Yep, exactly. Yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. I am available for hiring as we've, as we've talked before. Uh, you know, we're doing this podcast in the middle of December over here. I'm looking out the window. It's windy. Uh, the temperature yeah. is terrible. Obviously, it's delicious in the Keys. You're surrounded by, you know, warm water is delicious food, as we mentioned. But what makes the Keys in Key West so appealing for travelers 
especially post COVID when a lot of us are mm -hmm. looking for that human connection again and human interaction face to face? Yeah. Uh, the perfect answer to that question is warm weather year round, first and foremost. Um, I think to earlier today, it might be 66 degrees. That's Fahrenheit. I'm not sure what that is in Celsius. That's about, um, uh, I'd say it's about 18, 19 Celsius. 18, 19 Celsius. Which is so great, which is great. It's a, it, we consider that a cold front, but I know that right. for you guys, it, that's, that's, you know, warm. It's comfortable, um, yeah. <laughs> it's comfortable. So that warm weather year round, um, you know, in this post COVID or mid COVID, I guess we should say world wide open spaces. You know, we've got 10 state parks, two national parks. You can get out on the water. You can go kayaking in the backcountry. So if you want to be in a destination where you can have that connection when you go out to eat and chat with, you know, chat with the locals, but at the same time, you don't want to be surrounded by a bunch of other people, there's the perfect opportunity for you to get out into nature and just kind of spread out and feel like you don't have to see another soul. But you could if you wanted to. Um, and I think that's what's really appealing is that there's so much to see and do and you can be in a destination that's busy during a certain time of year, but not feel like it's overly crowded, right. which I think is, is a huge thing for a lot of people right now. But for those still on the fence, um, can you help us dispel some travel myths about the keys and help kind of people overcome uh, more so the mental challenges to visit your piece of paradise? Yeah. Um, so great question. Um, first and foremost, we do have all of our COVID safety protocols and guidelines up on our website. So that's flawkeys.com. It's a great resource. You can find all of the information there. Um, I will say that COVID vaccination rates in the Florida Keys are really high amongst our residents. Um, last I checked, it was about 84% and it's probably gone up since then. And, um, you know, COVID hospitalizations and COVID deaths are way down in comparison to the rest of the state. So, um, you know, with a destination where over 50% of its workforce is employed by the tourism industry, uh, visitor safety is, and visitor comfort levels, I should say, is a top priority. So a lot of our hotels and restaurants still have those safety protocols in place. You know, they ask you to wear a mask. Um, if you feel comfortable, you know, if you're fully vaccinated, that's kind of an, op that's an option, but no one is going to, you know, discourage you from wearing one if that's your comfort level. Right. I mean, I live in Miami and I, I travel to the Keys quite frequently and I still wear my mask because even though I'm fully vaccinated, because you want a sense of comfort. And I think in the Florida Keys, you're going to get that sense of comfort because everyone is still sort of following the safety protocols that are recommended by officials. Right. That's good news. That's, that's peace of mind right there. Yeah. Uh, you know, for those interested in coming to the Keys, what should they be thinking about? What should they prepare? What should they account for to make their trip uh, a little bit less stressful and far more successful? Yeah, great question as well. Um, first and foremost, when you're traveling from Canada to the US, you're definitely going to want to know what the what the COVID safety protocols are and what you need, you know, to enter the country safely. Um, that's first and foremost. Um, but second, definitely plan ahead. Um, I think plan ahead and plan to stay maybe a little bit longer, maybe spend a week. And usually what I recommend is maybe spend two or three nights somewhere in the Upper Keys, whether that's Key Largo or Isla Morada. Um, that way you can explore the Upper Keys and then head further south and spend a couple of nights in Key West. That way you kind of get the best of everything that the destination has to offer and you can explore a little bit more. Um, and 
I keep referencing the website, but it is kind of the one-stop shop for all of your Keys vacation planning. And now um, you can actually book directly on our website, uh, certain hotels in the area. Awesome. So aside from finding a ton of information about water sports and activities and attractions and hotel accommodations, you can actually just book directly on our site. Or just move there and connect uh, with your bosses on Zoom and uh, just call it a day and just call it a great rest of your life. <laughs> work remotely. I mean, I think we're all kind of doing that now. So, you know, right. come on down and work remotely too. You know, what, what amazes me is the, um, you know, you say you live in Miami. Key West is, is you know, further south, obviously. But talk about uh, the experience of driving along US-1 passing marathon yeah you know all the islands all the bridges the seven mile bridge to get to key west that experience of driving us one yeah that driving the overseas highway and i'm not just saying this because you know i represent the destination it's arguably one of the best drives in the u.s um you you are it's a 125 mile long island chain so as you drive down the highway, you're surrounded by ocean on both sides. You have the Florida Bay on, on one side and the Atlantic Ocean on the other. And there's 42 bridges. So it's beautiful. Um, and it's almost a little bit distracting. I hate to say this, but it's almost a little bit distracting when you're driving down because you've got so much beauty on either side of you. Um, and then when you hit that seven mile bridge, it's kind of like, wow, this is really great because you really get to see ocean on both sides. Um, and what's also great about the Seven Mile Bridge is, you know, the, the old Seven Mile Bridge, which was um, a ridge, you know, the smaller version, which connects to Pigeon Key and Marathon, um, that was open to pedestrian traffic. Um, and they underwent a multi-million dollar renovation and it will be reopening the pedestrian traffic in 2022. Wow, cool. Yeah, we are all so excited for that. So, you know, I think in, in maybe I want to say spring, if not earlier of next year, visitors can now come and actually walk or bike on the old seven mile bridge over to Pigeon Key, which is really, really exciting because you get to be even closer to the water on the seven mile bridge than you are when you're driving. Um, wow. But that overseas highway, I mean, yes, from Miami to Key West, it's about four hours. But I actually recommend taking it slow and maybe stopping for lunch somewhere in Isla Mirada or Marathon at a, at a dockside cafe um, and grabbing a quick bite to eat and then continuing on your journey. That way you're taking, you know, you're taking things slower and you're being a little bit more laid back and you're really getting into that Keys lifestyle and that Keys environment. Forget smell. Does the air taste differently down there? You know, I can honestly say I've never really noticed. It definitely smells different. Um, it does. I think you get a little bit of the ocean in, in you, you know, through your nose and through your mouth while, while you're down there. And it's definitely a different kind of vibe. Um, and it's, it's a lot brighter and clearer. You know, I think if you live in a big city, you kind of get used to the, the city living. But once you step foot in those wide open spaces, the air quality kind of just changes and you feel relaxed. You know, especially if you're going to open it up to, to pedestrian traffic. I mean, I don't want to step on any toes here and kind of uh, disrupt any plans, but uh, yeah. running a marathon from Marathon, like establishing a yeah. marathon that starts in Marathon and kind of goes 42K, uh, 26.1 miles, I guess, the equivalent, yeah. uh, over that bridge, uh, I would sign up today if that, well, if that marathon started. Well, actually, there is the seven-mile bridge run. 
um, where they shut down the current seven mile bridge, you know, the, the main highway, they shut yeah. down the seven mile bridge and you can do the seven mile bridge run. It's not quite a marathon, but well, it's the experience. Um, it's the experience of running. Yeah, it's the experience of running that that seven mile bridge. I'm not that should take place. Uh, that will take. It took place this year, so it will take place again next year. Okay. And we do have a um, we have a great comprehensive calendar on our website where you can find out more information on when the seven mile bridge run is. Noted. <laughs> Noted. Keep and uh, the website. <laughs> I just have to train now. <laughs> <laughs> you Me know, too. Yeah. Right. We all, I feel, I think we all have to train a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, the outdoor adventures are, are obviously endless. Uh, you got snorkeling, diving, you know, boating, sunbathing, of course. Um, talk about some of the experiences that kind of fly under the radar for a lot of people. And when they, you know, when they realize that they exist, they're like, what, you know, really? Oh my God. I, I got to check that out. Yeah. Um, I think everyone kind of knows about, you know, the water sports and, the, and things like that. But I think something that often gets over kind of missed when visiting the destination is there's so much history um, in Key West alone. And, and even in Upper Keys, there's so much history and things that you can do. So like, for example, in Isla Mirada, there's the history of diving museum where you can find out all about, you know, how diving got its start and how it started as a commercial operation with the Navy. And then it became, you know, this thing that consumers all across the world now do. Um, you can, there's the history and discovery center in Isla Mirada where you can find out all about the great history of Isla Mirada and, and the Flagler Railroad. Um, and there's a burgeoning arts community as well throughout the Keys. You can see great art, local artisans, local craft makers um, that, you know, are local to the destination and have great product. And in Key West in particular, there's a very rich history and a literary community that I think, you know, everyone kind of knows Key West is like a party destination, but there's so much history and so much culture there. Um, you know, I keep referencing the Key West Literary Seminar, which is having their, their big event now coming up in January. Um, you know, Hemingway lived there, which I think everyone kind of already knows, but Hemingway lived there. Robert Frost lived there. Uh, Shel Silverstein, Tennessee Williams. Um, like I'm getting so excited, I'm losing my voice. Right. Um, <laughs> Judy Bloom lives there and she actually owns and operates a bookstore called Books and Books. And you can see her working the front desk at the bookstore, you know, so, for those of us that are Judy Bloom fans, that's a pretty big deal. Um, so there's that. And then there's so much other history as well. You know, the Shipwreck Museum. And, you know, at one point, Key West was the richest city in America uh, based on, because of the shipwrecking industry. And you can find out all about that in when you visit Key West. And you can even take a ride in a presidential limo. Um, the Truman Little White House has secured uh, one of the original limousines that President Truman rode in. Wow. And you can actually book that experience and take a ride in his limo and then get a behind the scenes tour of the little white house, which is where Truman spent his summers when he was president. Oh, that is fascinating. Yeah. That's so awesome. so much to see and do. And I think, you know, yes, water sports and activities and all of that, but definitely get immersed in the history and the culture and the art. And then too. combining the two, you have dry tortugas right off the, off the coast, which is a stellar experience in and of itself. It is. The Dry Tortugas is sort of, um, it's the most remote national park. There's only two ways to get there, either by boat or by seaplane. And um, it's a bucket list trip. Um, I've had the pleasure of going out there and it's, it's unlike any other national park I've ever visited. It's completely different. And it's, um, and it's one of the few national parks, I'm, 
that kind of limits park capacity. Um, so when you go, you're not going to be surrounded by large crowds of people or anything like that. It, it's the capacity is limited because it's such a small, it's a small park, but it's also spread out. And it's one of the best things to see and do when you're down there. Um, and it's just off of Key West and you can book either the Yankee Freedom Ferry or Key West Seaplane Charters and spend a day out there. And it's, it's relaxing, you can snorkel and it's great. My whole philosophy is uh, pack on the calories and then burn them off. So for me, it's, it's um, eating my way through the day and then exploring and, and kind of uh, doing a history tour. That is, that is fascinating stuff. And exactly. Then eat, and then eating again. And then eating <laughs> again. And then, you know, you can even, there's uh, culinary food tours now too. So you can eat your calories and walk them off at the same time. So what you're saying is that the Keys and Key West is pretty much heaven on earth. Uh, yeah, that is what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> obviously everyone from everywhere is welcomed in your corner of paradise but do you feel that your part of the country attracts a particular type of traveler someone who respects the environment a little bit more someone who believes a little bit more in sustainability or does it range between you know all-night raver for example and someone with a 7 a.m tea time um i think it's i think it's a little bit of both i mean we get visitors across all age spans um you know from young children to older folks who have who are now bringing their families because they've been vacationing there for so long um, and it's a great place to you know we're talking about reconnecting now you know you things are kind of opening back up you're able to see family members that you may not have seen in a while so it's a great place to kind of reconnect because we've got a little bit of something for every age group you know there's activities for younger kids there's things for you know teenagers and there's things for adults and even the grandparents you know there's a little bit of something for everybody um, and I think that's kind of what appeals is that you can travel with a family of five or a family of eight, including the grandparents, and there's something for everybody to do. No one will complain. No one should complain. I hope not. I really hope not. You'd hope not. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, let's do some rapid fire here with Ashley Cerati, okay? Uh, ten questions. Right. There's nothing rapid about it. Take your time, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> when you're looking for some zen... Where's the spot that you find yourself in the keys that you retreat to most? Uh, when I'm looking, oh, good, que ooh, good question. <laughs> um, you know, some of the state parks are actually really great for some zen because um, some of the state parks are a little bit lesser known, uh, like Curry Hammock State Park um, and Crane Point. And, um, you know, any backcountry kayaking excursion, once you get into the backcountry, things get really quiet and it kind of calms down. Um, I'm not a big kayaker, so I paddleboard. Right. Uh, but for me, you know, either kayaking or paddleboarding the backcountry is kind of really relaxing. Um, when you're just far enough away from everybody that you don't hear, you know, traffic or anything like that, and you can really get into nature, that's kind of what appeals to me. Your favorite season in the Keys? Uh, everyone. Um, <laughs> um, my favorite season is actually probably um, like September, um, September, October, and obviously, you know, spring is great. But September, October is kind of like a, I don't want to call it shoulder season, but it's kind of like an off season. Um, most people are rocking school. So, you know, um, it does get a little bit quieter down there, but the weather is just so nice right. that time of year also. So that's what I would say. Preferred activity, snorkeling at Key Largo or boating around Dry Tortugas? Um, ha, that's tough. That's like <laughs> asking me to pick my favorite child. Um, I'd have to say, I'm going to be fair, do both. 
uh, because they're completely different experiences. Um, if you go snorkeling at P John Pennycamp Coral Reef State Park, uh, you're going to see the Christ of the Deep statue. You're going to see some great wildlife. And then in the Dry Tortugas, it's just completely different. I can't, I can't choose one or the other. I have to say do both. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, finish this sentence. The food scene in the Florida Keys is... Fresh and delicious. Ooh, two magical, magical words. <laughs> yeah. Lots of fresh local seafood. Um, and it's just delicious. You can get a broad, a broad range of cuisine. Everything from, you know, Cuban cuisine to fresh local seafood to fine dining. There's a little bit of everything. You've had a long day. What's your go-to drink in the Keys? Ooh, um, either a key lime mojito or a key lime martini. You've had a long day. What's your go-to meal in the Keys? Ooh, good question. Um, I'm actually gonna, I might surprise everyone. So my favorite thing to eat when I'm in the Florida Keys, when it's the right season, is hogfish. Um, hogfish is a local fish. Uh, it's very similar in flavor and texture to snapper. It's kind of in between snapper and mahi-mahi. Um, it's a little firmer texture, but it's, it's delicious and it's light and flaky. And that is what you'll find me ordering nine times at a time if it's on the menu and it's in season. That is what I'm ordering. It doesn't matter what restaurant I'm at, whether it's fried in a taco or sauteed with lemon, garlic, and butter. That's what I'm ordering. You know, I haven't eaten yet today. And this is, <laughs> me uh, either. <laughs> this is making me skip all the meals here and just hop on a flight. <laughs> Let's yeah. be real. Yeah. Uh, more fun. Any day on Duval Street or Pride Week in Key West? Both. <laughs> Both. Um, well, funny story. And, and since we're, you know, we're getting, you know, rapid fire and personal with it. I actually got married during Pride Weekend. I didn't know it was Pride Weekend at the time. Um, but that was like the best thing about my wedding was everyone was like, you know, it's Pride Weekend, right? And my entire family all went down and watched the Pride Parade. So I'd say both. I mean, I think, um, you know, we're all about inclusivity and in the Florida Keys. So come and experience both. That must have been an amazing time. <laughs> it was. It was a Holy. lot of fun. It really was. <laughs> right? it was. It was such a great time. And, and I think, um, you know, we had, you know, my husband and I, he, he had a thing that said, I'm a newlywed. And I, I had a thing that said, I'm a newlywed. And everybody was so great. And there were people in the parade that were just stopping and pointing at us and saying congratulations. And that's really the spirit down there is that everyone's so happy that you're there and so happy that you're celebrating a momentous, a momentous occasion in the Keys. And everyone's happy for you and it's contagious. Yes, right? for sure. Uh, key lime pie or Key West conch fritters? <sighs> um, okay, this might cause some controversy, but key lime pie. Um, you know, I love a good conch fritter, but I'm very particular about, I mean, this is just me personally. I'm very particular about my conch fritters. I want them to be mainly conch and a lot less filler. Um, but key lime pie, you kind of can't go wrong. I mean, every restaurant in the Florida Keys has key lime pie and they serve it for breakfast. So you can have key lime pie breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I have been known to do that on several occasions. Um, and there's no judgment. Uh, next time I'm down there, I'm going to call you obviously, and, uh, <laughs> we're going to get the hubby. I'll get my partner and we'll have key lime pie all day. And we'll key lime high. We'll key lime pie hop all day. And you can actually, um, you know, you can key lime pie hop. And I actually encourage people to try different styles, different preparations, and then kind of pick your favorite. Um, if you can choose your favorite. Yeah. That's always the, key. the challenging part. That's the key. Can you pick your favorite? <laughs> my last question. What's your go-to karaoke song? 
actually don't karaoke, but um, probably the only song that I know all the words to and don't need to really think about it would be um, Cheeseburger in Paradise by Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I'm not just saying that because I represent the Florida Keys. I mean, I, I genuinely in summer camp did a talent show and I was the only person who knew the words. So therefore That's I it. played Jimmy in my summer camp talent show. So you do have a karaoke song if presented with the opportunity. Yes. <laughs> I guess, I guess, yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Ashley Sarati, uh, media relations manager for the beautiful Florida Keys and Key West. I want to thank you so much for taking the time today to join me on the Fact Up podcast. I hope that, and sincerely, uh, you know, hope that your, you and your family and your circle continue to stay safe in these uh, unpredictable times. And I, I really hope to meet you in person one day and enjoy the Florida Keys with you. Thank you. Uh, and, and same and, to you. And, you know, safely and, and responsibly and sustainably. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you and take care. You too.